We are back with Football Unfocused, rated five stars on Apple Podcasts by Demise two one 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 two. There's a two at the end of there too. It is titled Yardy No. Y A R D Y No. Pretty interesting. And all it says is Westy, the greater than sign Lavelle. Well, I hate to say that I disagree with that, but I'm going to say I do agree with that because I can say that now because I am your host, Austin West, who is not joined by Lavelle Harris today because Lavelle Harris is going home for Thanksgiving break and he is already on his way to the airport here as we're recording on this Tuesday night. We had a winter storm blow in, so Lavelle left a little early early for Omaha Airport, so he won't be able to record with me. We're going to try to get him over the phone, but we were unable to get that to work. He's pretty busy over there and he's having a good time over with another one of our friend's family before he gets to go to the airport and get on his flight early tomorrow morning. So I will be taking over for this week's episode by myself. So it's pretty interesting, I will say, to go into this episode by myself and not have anyone to bounce ideas off of. I keep glancing to my right to like talk to Lavelle, but he, again, he's he's not here, so it's just it's a weird th- feeling. It's a weird feeling, I will say for sure. But since I know I, I teased this on Twitter earlier, we'll get to that right now, that we were doing a giveaway uh, for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is that time of year. We do a lot of giving. It's the time to be thankful with all the things we have, like football, podcast, and of course family and all the friends we have. And with that, so our idea here for our giveaway, well, can't talk about it, but he was very instrumental in this idea. So basically we're trying to get our podcast out there, you know, as we want more listeners, more followers and stuff. So we've decided, well, People are, our listeners are going to be with their families for Thanksgiving. Well, at least I hope they would and be able to spend time with the people they enjoy being around. So why not have a little giveaway to go along with that? So what we've decided is that whoever can get the most people to, say, follow the podcast on Twitter or Facebook and be able to vouch for those people exactly and, like, kind of show us. And we'll be able to check to see if these people actually follow us or listen to the podcast. We can see how many people listen and stuff like that. So we so we know. We know if people are actually listening or not. And so we're trying to do that. Get as many people to listen to the podcast as possible in your name. Maybe even leave a review in your name as well. And that'd be great because we're starting to... We're th- that review is actually the last one we've had on Apple Podcasts. We've run out. And so we're looking for some new reviews. You can DM us on Twitter at the Football Unfocused Twitter. If you are, don't follow us already, it is at capital FB, capital U of Unfocus. So again, capital FB, Unfocus with a capital U. Follow that on Twitter. You can DM us a review if you would like. We've already had one off Twitter already. Caleb Bridgewater was last week's. We had his. And again, so with this giveaway, I'm getting off topic again with the Twitter and the reviews because we really like to do those at the beginning of the podcast. So we'd be, we'd love to hear from you guys. But while you're at Thanksgiving, we'd love to hear you talk about our podcast with all your friends and family, I know, I know that we should be promoting the podcast ourselves, but we feel it's better to get our audience connected as well and being able to promote us and help us get to know a little, get some more followers so we can get to know them as well. And with that, to win, or another way to win, as we've decided, with this, there might be some stiff competition in this area. Get the most famous person to follow follow the account on Twitter. So let's say you know like Ryan Reynolds or something and you get him to follow the Football Unfocused Twitter account. Honestly, in my mind, that might be the winner just immediately after I see that and you can vouch 
that it was from you and you got him to vol- say that or you get him to say, hey, I followed this because of this person, when you'll be able to win that. And so I know the tough competition right now is we have one of our buddies. He knows Andy Jan- Jankovic. I feel like I'm pronouncing that last name wrong. The fullback for the Denver Broncos was a former Nebraska Husker and a family friend of one of our friends. So he knows if he can get him to follow the podcast, he might be in the lead for this giveaway. And the basis of this giveaway, uh, the prizes I should say, is we are going to be giving away a jersey, a football jersey of your choice. You can let us know what you'd like when we would when we reveal the winner, and we'll get that to you as soon as possible. It might take a little while, a month or so, to get it shipped in and over to you. But we'll get it in as fast as possible. And that's not all. You don't just get a free jersey. You will get to be a guest on an episode of Football Unfocused. That's right. We will have you promote a podcast that later on, when you win, if you win, you will be able to be a guest on and be able to hang out with me and Lavelle. Maybe here if you're close enough to our studio or we'll get you over the phone on our great board of equipment here that we have in studio. And you'll be able to guest on that way. And again, this this will last for about two weeks, so you'll have Thanksgiving and then the week after. And then we'll choose a winner and see if we can get some more followers and some more listeners. And if you can contribute the most to all of that, or maybe even get a most famous person to, uh, you know, kind of promote our stuff, maybe retweet something or even just follow us on Twitter and maybe give us a shout-out or something like that, we'll let you win this free jersey and a guest spot on the podcast. And with that, I'll explain this more at the end, once again, just to reiterate it for some people, but and I'll probably tweet something out as well later this week. But with that, we'll get into NFL football, get this podcast underway. Again, it's a little weird being by myself because I don't have the guy to bounce ideas off of to make know that I'm saying stupid things on the podcast, if I am. I don't know if I am. I don't can't really tell as I'm just going along and just talking as I go. But the 49ers, my favorite team, of course. Uh, had a nice Sunday night football game against the Green Bay Packers. And going into this game, a lot more people expected it to be a lot more exciting, but it was a bit of a blowout as the Niners would win that one 37-8 in prime time against the Packers. Jimmy Garoppolo, 14 for 20, 253 yards, two touchdowns. George Kittle, my favorite tight end, coming back with, a they believe, a broken ankle, so he's playing through that broken ankle. Six receptions, 109 yards, one touchdown, and that one touchdown was a 61-yarder. So he was left open way up in the middle. Jimmy Garoppolo able to see him. Packers defense not able to cover him on that as he went a little bit out outside and then cut back in quick. And the corners and the safeties just didn't see him do that. And he was able to get a nice pass and run it in for the touchdown. And then Aaron Rodgers not having himself a very good night. 20 for 33, 104 yards and a touchdown. That is the least amount of passing yards Aaron Rodgers has had in his career when throwing for 30 or more passes. So that was kind of interesting to see. And the Niners getting off to a fast start in that game as well. If you were able to see the very first drive, the Packers got the ball. They were able to convert on, I believe, second or third down for another first down to Devontae Adams, a nice 17-yard pass, I believe, over to the sideline. But as Devontae Freeman's coming up with the ball, he decides to give uh, Mosley of the 49ers cornerback a little chest bump into his shoulder when he's not looking, and the ref decides to throw a flag for that for an unsportsmanlike. And that'll be a 15-yarder and set them back. And they just started back over at the, their own 25 after, where they were after the kickoff. And immediately after that, Aaron Rodgers gets sacked and fumbles the ball. And Nick Bosa able to scoop it up and runs it over to the two-yard line. 
The offense comes on the field, one play, Tevin Coleman runs it in for the touchdown. And just like that, Niners have a 7-0 lead. So right from the beginning, it was not a good start for the Green Bay Packers. Again, like I said, they would lose that one 37-8. And with Lavelle's team, I got to hype up Lavelle's team while they weren't here. They did not lose this week, so congrats to the Chargers. But the reason they did not lose was because they were on a bye week. But they come back this week, they play the Broncos. So I know Lavelle will have some fun with that as we have a couple of buddies that are Broncos fans. And it'll be interesting to see as they've had a nice week off. Hopefully they can come back against the Broncos as the Broncos were taking on the Vikings earlier this week. Almost had them in that win two weeks ago, I believe. And they had a nice week of uh, competing against them. And I think the Chargers might not be ready for that. So we'll see how it goes. I know Lavelle and his dad might disagree with me on this. So they think it'll probably be a blowout. But it'll be interesting to see, I think, again. And... Yeah, the Chargers, we'll see how they go. Derwin James is starting to come back. I did see him practice on the practice field, and Lavelle did tweet about that, so he's pretty excited about that as well. He got a new jersey with Derwin James that he talked about last week. It's a nice-looking jersey, I will say. It is a very nice jersey. It's the powder blues for the Chargers. It's it's very clean. It, I will say that for sure. Moving on, though, we'll go to the Ra- Ravens-Rams game, which was last night, Monday Night Football. And again, not much of a game there is the Ravens. Just taking over completely, and it was at it was at in L.A., which made it even worse. So the Rams are the home team, and they just beat that badly by the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, forty-five to six, and Lamar Jackson staying in that whole time, most of the time, scoring most of the touchdowns. He's now that front runner for MVP. People are saying after this game, as he threw for fifteen for twenty, hundred sixty-nine yards, five touchdowns. And he had eight carries for 95 yards. And Mark Ingram had 15 carries, 111 yards, and one touchdown. And again, those Ravens having a night last night. And this really gave Lamar that heads up in the MVP race. I know uh, we had a filming of the new sports show here at BVU uh, with Daniel Meisner, host of The Score Check, Tanner Frost, host of the new podcast, The Entertainment Hour, and The Friday Afternoon Club, and Sports on the Edge. So Tanner Frost doing a lot of right and Nick Hendricks, a sports reporter here for BVU. They all were on that. It was called Sports View. You can check that out as well. They're talking about the MVP race, and Nick is the only one who had – this was coming in before Monday Night Football game. This was aired right before. Nick was the only one that had Lamar as his top pick as the MVP right now in the season. Daniel and Tanner had Russell Wilson as theirs, which is interesting to see, but, I mean, Tanner did say he could be swayed either ways, and I know – a lot of people do feel that way as well because Russ has had a very good season, but Lamar Jackson has just been amazing for the Ravens so far this year, and he's really been taking the team on his back and doing whatever he can to help them. And I mean, he hasn't always needed to do that with his good receivers and Mark Ingram helping him as well. But, I mean, even that showing, they took on the Niners next week, which will be interesting. I'm a little nervous, I will say, but... I have some hopes. I have some hopes for that. I think it'll be really good Sunday night. So we'll see how that one goes. And Marcus Peters got traded to the Ravens by the Rams. And the Rams getting Eric Weddle out of that one. And Marcus Peters will get a pick against the Rams. And that's it. That'll be, that was his first game against his old team in the Rams. And later in that game, he had some beef going on with Jalen Ramsey, another cornerback for the Rams who they acquired from the Jaguars. And Jalen Ramsey, after that game, actually had to be 
restrained as they were walking into the tunnel after the game as he was yelling back onto the field at Ravens players. So Jalen Ramsey not having a great night. Uh, A lot of fights were started, and Marcus Peters was actually yelling at him uh, on the field at one point, and Jalen Ramsey was leaving his helmet on, and a lot of people were talking about that, how he never took his helmet off. And it was just interesting to see. I mean, there's been a lot of tension lately in the NFL, it seemed like, ever since the Miles Garrett thing. But, I mean, it sucks to see that sometimes. You don't like to see players fight like that bad all the time. But, you know, they got to have a little drive in them and stuff during the games. But sometimes when it carries over like that, uh, sometimes it's not the best to see. It's not the fun, most fun to see. So it'll be interesting how it turns out. We'll hopefully not have too much of that in the near future. And I will say one game that really didn't have much of that stuff, it was just a good, hard football game, will be our game of the week, which, no, we don't have sound effects for again this week. We don't have those helmets that don't sound very great for sound effects. So it's just me saying game of the week. And our game of the week this week, the Saints versus the Panthers. Saints versus Panthers coming in close all the way through. But the Saints will win it on a last-second field goal as time expired, 34 to 31. Kyle Allen, 23 for 36, 256 yards, three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey having himself a day, of course. 64 yards rushing, one touchdown, and 69 yards receiving, one touchdown there as well. Drew Brees carrying the offense on his back, 30 for 39, 30 pass, 39 pass attempts, 30 completions, 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And then Michael Thomas, his number one wide receiver, even head coach of the Saints, and I'm blanking on a name right now. I just had the name in my head, and I can't think of it now for some odd reason, so I'm going to look it up here. Sean Payton, thank you, Google, appreciate that, because I could not think of his name. Sean Payton even said Michael Thomas should be in your MVP talks because he's having an MVP year. I believe he is on pace to have a little over 1,500, I don't want to say 1,500 catches, 150 catches on the season, that's what I meant to say. And that would be the most in NFL history, I believe, or if not second, uh, behind someone with 153. But he got to that 100 mark against the Panthers with his 10 receptions, 101 yards, and one touchdown. But the real reason that Panthers were able to stay in this game, they did have some good... Kyle Allen really did show out for them, but the Saints shooting themselves in in the foot a little bit as they had 12 penalties for 123 yards during that game. That's unheard of almost. That's not something you want, especially when the Panthers had two penalties for 23 yards. That's not very 25 yards, excuse me. As that's one of those things that if you those penalties will start to add up, and that really helped the Panthers be able to come back in that game. And they had a chance early to get that field goal to put them up, but Joey Slough for the kicker for the Panthers went two for three on field goals, and of course that's the one he misses. And sometimes I feel like this is a off-topic thing, but I feel like whenever the announcers bring up a stat about how many field goals the kicker's made in a row, or how many they've made, or how good he's been that day, and then they mention it on the air, 99% of the time, I feel like, that kicker misses that kick. 99% of the time. I'm sure if Lavelle's here, he might agree with me, but it just always seems like, oh, this guy, 5 for 5 today, he's doing great. I'm sure this one will be an easy chip shot for him today. And then for some reason, just wide left and he'll miss it. And then we'll be like, oh, that's something we don't usually see. Now we have ourselves a ball game, stuff like that. But I think that's one of those things. It happens. And 
I'm going back to the old Seahawks game, Seahawks 49ers game. Excuse me for this. I'm apologize for all you guys like, oh, get over it, Austin. They lost. Blah. Well, I'm not over it. Okay, McLaughlin. They brought up this the worst stat they could bring up. Zero for zero field goal attempts in college in overtime. Zero for zero in his NFL career in overtime. Why would you bring that stat up when he's about to kick an overtime field goal for the win? That is just a jinx waiting to happen. And then the announcers mentioned it. I was like, okay, they have the graphic. Hopefully they don't mention it. And then they mentioned it. And I'm like, oh, crap. I get the bad feeling he's going to miss it. And what does he do? He shanks that thing into the tunnel of the stadium. That is so far wide left for as close as he was. Oh, it was just I those broadcasters really jinx kickers. Happened to Justin Tucker too when he was on that huge streak, like 156 kicks in a row made. They brought up the stat. They mentioned it. They're like, this will be easy. One of the best kickers in the league. And he misses it. Barely misses it. It wasn't bad, but he still misses it. And I just feel like there are a lot of jinxes that happen to be put on kickers. I know kicking is a hard job. I, I know that for a fact. But sometimes I feel like those broadcasters just have the worst timing in the world. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but my gosh, it's just it's just awful. But back onto this, I will say we had another game of the week Lavelle thought about we thought about putting in, but we like the Saints Panthers one because it was so close, but another one that was really kind of hyped up in a way was our Patriots versus Cowboys game. And that was in Foxborough. It's home of the Patriots. And it wasn't much of a game. It was very big defensive game. And, I mean, not much entertainment. Jerry Jones wasn't happy about that. I can tell you that very easily after his post-game uh, interviews. And he was not excited as the Cowboys lost 13-9 to to the Patriots. And Cowboys still leading their division somehow at six and five, so they're top seed in their top seed in the playoffs right now. If no one else beats them, which is crazy to me, but hey, that's how the playoffs work. So we're just gonna go with it. But very big defense game, and it was raining. It was raining really bad, and it almost looked like the Redskins 49ers game. But thankfully, it didn't get that bad. Uh, Dak Prescott actually had to put gloves on. During that game, and Dak Prescott does not usually wear a glove. Uh, gloves, I should say. They have these special gloves they were talking about during the game that help make it easier, make it feel like it's your actual hand and not like sticky gloves like Teddy Two Gloves has. So it was interesting to see him put those on. And I remember talking with one of our buddies who also plays football. He's like, man, I wish we could get those big coats they have during cold games. I mean, those the coats that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the coats they, the players get that, that go over their pads it makes their shoulders look about three times broader and just straight down their body. It looks like a giant blanket over them. But, I mean, those things have got to be the warmest blankets on the face of the earth. I bet they block wind like a windbreaker. They're warm as all get out, I'm sure, like a thermal coat or something. I would love to have one of those. I would just like to experience how one of those feels like in a game, like it's raining, you're coming off the field and someone comes on. And they don't even put it on themselves. Somebody, An assistant coach comes on and puts it on them and they don't even have to do anything. I mean, like, but I got to think, it's the warmest, the warmest coat I've ever seen, maybe. One of the warmest, for sure. But I think that that's about wraps up our 
NFL stuff, talking about those winter coats they get during those games. Again, Patriots taking on the Cowboys, won that one 13-9. And it was a close one. Jerry Jones not happy with Jason Garrett, but we'll see if Jason Garrett sticks around after this uh, after this season because there's been rumors, there have been rumors, that he won't be around. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. And with that, we will take a quick break to talk about one of our other podcasts here at KBVU. We've got some great podcasts here at the Alternative Edge, and one of them, it's one of those ones that gets off topic, kind of like football unfocused, but it's almost like it's two guys, two roommates even, who just think of the first thing that comes to their head and like, hey, let's make a podcast episode out of that. And sometimes they decide, hey, let's have a guest on and he can talk, they can talk about it as well. Well, that show is the Braden and Collins show. You can check it out on the Alternative Edge channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, SoundCloud. It's a great podcast to listen to when you're just sitting around the house, feeling whatever you're feeling like doing whatever, and you just want to listen to something random. So go check them out now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we are back now with college football. It still feels weird. We're halfway through this episode, and I don't have a guy to bounce off of. I keep glancing. It's hard, people. Like, it's weird having... You have a guy here for 10 episodes. This is episode 11. You've had a guy for 10 episodes sitting right next to you. You're able to look at him while you're talking, bounce ideas off of him, and now there's no one here. And you're just talking by yourself. You kind of look like a crazy person if anyone's looking in the studio window. But hey, we're here to talk about football, and that's what matters. And leading it off, my Iowa Hawkeyes took on Illinois for the last home game for those seniors in Kinnick in Iowa City. And they came away with a good one as number 19th ranked Hawkeyes beat the beat Illinois. The Illinois, Illinois fighting Illinois. Weird mascot. Weird mascot. I never understood that. Fighting Illinois. I couldn't have think, thought of something a little more creative. I mean, come on. It's just taking the OI off and just making it, well, taking the OS off and just scooting the I over, but... It's weird. I don't. I don't understand it. It's it's whatever. We won. Iowa Hawkeyes won, nineteen to ten. Nate Stanley, eighteen for thirty-five, one hundred and eight yards, one interception. So Nate Stanley not getting that passing touchdown he usually gets in many games. But Tyler Goodson, the true freshman, coming back once again. Not a great game for him either. Twenty-one carries for thirty-eight yards, one touchdown. But that would. It's still a good day for the Hawkeyes. They were able to. Stick in there and fight. It was a great game to watch. I do love one thing about not having football anymore. I do miss it. I do miss playing football. I do miss that. But the one thing that's nice, I do get to watch my Iowa Hawkeyes on Saturdays. It feels good to be back in my chair watching the Hawks play. It was great. We had a gr- It was a great time to watch. And Keith Duncan, the field goal kicker for the Hawkeyes, four for six on field goals, and he has the record for the most made in the Big Ten. With 56, I believe it was. So Keith Duncan being a strong, strong part of Kirk Ferentz's team here in the 2019 season so far. And so far through his career as well. And it's good to see him again. Four out of six field goals on that day. So you know he had a lot of opportunities to be able to kick field goals. Which was good for the Iowa offense. Kind of bad as well. And our name, they're getting in the red zone. Able to get, get him a spot to kick from. But unable to put it in. But. Again, that kind of thing happens. And Illinois is a tough team. I will say that for sure. They beat Wisconsin on a last-second field goal. So they're one of those teams that hangs in there 
and can battle against really good teams, as we know Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor, a really good team as well. Iowa didn't beat them, and we lost by two of that one, 24-22, a couple weeks ago. So that's one of those things that happens. But again, great game by Iowa, great last day in Kinnick for the Hawks. And one thing that's great about Kirk Ferentz, I do love Kirk Ferentz, great guy. I don't. We were talking about this thing, what happens when Kirk Ferentz leaves. We have a, Hopefully, we'll see, maybe... Offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz's son, might be the next one up for that head coaching job. We don't know. We don't know. We think it could happen. It might not happen, of course. We don't. It's one of those things you just don't know. But what was nice thing, one thing I liked about Kirk Ferentz, uh, Devontae Young, a senior for the Hawkeyes, his parents unable to make the senior game, so he didn't have anyone to walk out to uh, for that game. Well, he wouldn't have, except Kirk Ferentz and his wife Mary decided they would be the stand-in parents for Devontae Young. So out there on senior day, you had Kirk Ferentz and his wife, and she was wearing his jersey, so he was able to experience that family aspect of senior day. He had his parents, his quote-unquote, air quotes, parents there with the Ferentzes. And that's just one of those things a head coach, you look for in a head coach. You really want him to be that guy you can look up to, almost like a father figure to some of these players. And that's nice to see that they have that connection and are able to do that with his seniors. And that's one of the things you got to love about Kirk Ferentz. And he's a great coach, I think, personally, growing up with him. And he just always seems like a great guy, and he's there for his team, and that's what you like to see out of coaches. And another thing about Kirk Ferentz, he is now the third all-time in the Big Ten with win with conference wins. He just passed his mentor, Hayden Fry, a legendary coach from Iowa as well. So that's interesting to see, as Kirk Ferentz has been a lo- around for a while, and it's nice to see him breaking some of those records Built by Hayden Fry, as Hayden Fry was a big deal back at Iowa when he was coaching, and he was a really good coach back then as well. But enough about the Hawkeyes. We'll move on from them. As I don't know how many of our listeners are Hawkeye fans. I know we have a couple of Nebraska fans listening as well sometimes. So I don't really know many people's many people's college teams. I don't. If, hey, if you ever feel like tweeting, hey, I want you to talk about this college team for a week. Maybe we'll throw something different in there especially when it comes to the playoffs, as we have three undefeated teams left in college football, LSU, of LSU, Ohio State, Clem- and Clemson. I was about to say Clemson like there was one more after that, but there's not. It's just LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. Those are the three undefeated teams left because I know Oregon was not undefeated, but Oregon was upset. They were ranked number six. They were People were like, oh, this team will make the playoffs. Oh, they can make it. Well, they got upset by Arizona State, 31-28. to Great game by Arizona, one of the receivers going off for two touchdowns, really carrying that offense on his back, doing great to upset the Oregon Ducks. And Oregon's just one of those teams I feel like are always up there ranked and always up there high. They're always pretty good, and then something happens, like an upset, and then you just kind of drop a bit, and you don't hear about them. But the one thing I think most people remember Oregon for is not like their playoff record or anything like that, or being ranked all the time, it's 100% the mascot and the uniforms. 100%. That Oregon Duck gets into so many shenanigans that I see on Twitter half the time, or Instagram, that everybody knows who he is. And he's in so many commercials half the time as well because he's one of those popular mascots. So you know, people know who he is. And then the uniforms. I feel like Oregon is always one of those teams that has bright, shiny new uniforms and always wants to show them off, and they're always looking great. They always look really good. 
And that's just one of the teams that, like, oh, my gosh, look at Oregon's uniforms this year. Oh, those are going to be so good. I can't wait to see what they do next year. Oregon's just one of those teams. And back when Marcus Mariota played for them as well, they oh, they were looking good with the uniforms. They were coming out with them back then. That's just one of their things that they've been known for is, like, the new uniforms and stuff. But we'll move on from Oregon. Getting off topic by myself. I just keep talking and keep talking. I don't have anyone to stop me here, so I'm just rambling on and on and on and on and on. So, But we do have a new playoff picture, which is very interesting because we have a new number one. But for start, first start, excuse me, with number four in Clemson. Clemson, again, sitting at that no, fabled number four spot. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare coming up this uh, in this playoff picture, number three, and I believe I have lost my number three. Where did, I must not have put in number three, so we'll have to look at that. And here we go, I'm getting it back. Excuse me, I had number, I had it typed wrong. Number four in the playoff picture is Georgia. So Georgia comes into that number four spot in the college football playoff ranking. Number three is Dabo Sweeney's Clemson Tigers. Number two. This is an interesting one. Number one and number two. We've had a little bit of a mix-up. Number two, LSU, which means number one in the college football playoff rankings is Ohio State. Ohio State making that leap over LSU in the playoff rankings, which is interesting to see. Most people are thinking, what? Why Ohio State number one? LSU and Joe Burrow, they're carrying this thing. They're, they should be number one. They're going to win the whole thing. I don't vote on this. I mean, it's interesting to see I do like a Big Ten team being a part of that playoff picture, and I'm a fan of Ohio State once they're always in the playoffs. It's good to have some Midwest team in there. I always appreciate that. Got to rep the Midwest once in a while. But it'll be interesting to see going into these next couple of weeks what happens, especially as bowl games start to catch up. And those playoff that playoff really does start to kick off, and I think it'll be a good year for the playoff for sure. Some things about Ohio State as Chase Young Getting that start once again after that suspension against Penn State. And oh boy, did Penn State not like him coming back from suspension. Chase Young, nine tackles, three sacks, four tackles for a loss, and two forced fumbles. Chase Young, a force to be reckoned with in that game. There were pictures of him going around Twitter and Instagram, mashing up with a predator from the Predator movies. And that's how dominant he was in that Penn State game. And coming back from that suspension, you know he's got to be angry. People are, I know Michael Thomas was one of those supporters, Chase Young for Heisman. And some people think he should be in the talks. It's been a while since a defensive player has won a Heisman. I, I believe one other person has won a Heisman, a defensive player, I should say. So it'll be interesting to see. I know with that uh, suspension, people, the committee probably won't look at him as much. So it's a little upsetting to some people I know, but Chase Young, looking to be a really high draft pick this year. Top five, maybe, depending on what teams are up there, because I believe Bengals right now are in slot for number one. So they may go Joe Burrow to uh, Jalen Hurts, one of those three. So they don't need a defensive player, I wouldn't think. They might want to get rid of Andy Dalton, or they want to build around Ryan Finley. I don't know. But with number two, I believe, is the Giants right now. The Giants could make a grab. They're going to run with Daniel Jones as quarterback, so they don't need a quarterback. So they could go with Chase Young and try to make him that new DeMarcus, DeMarcus Ware, and that would be interesting. 
And Giants could pull out a nice pick there with Chase Young as the Niners did with Nick Bosa. Again, those number two draft that number two draft spot could look pretty good for defensive defensive players, as it did last year again for the Niners and maybe this year for the Giants. But again, one and our final college football thing as I'm trying to start to wrap things up here in college football. One year ago yesterday, so Monday, the twenty fifth of November, one year ago yesterday. Texas A&M beat LSU in maybe the highest scoring game. Okay, I take the back. We had that one game that was like 100-something to zero. But one of the craziest games, maybe even longest games in college football history, it seems like Texas A&M beats LSU in seven. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven overtimes. They defeat LSU 74-72. to Imagine having to sit through seven overtimes. How long is that game going to take? How many people would have left by then? Just because they're like, oh my god, this is the fourth overtime. This is insane. They might actually have started to agree, man, we should adopt the NFL rules of overtime. Do not, do not think that. NFL rules of overtime, I dislike them very much. I wish we had the college rules. Maybe not to be able to go into seven overtimes, but so both teams can have a chance to get the ball and make a drive. But that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Many people agree with it sometimes. Some people don't. That's how opinions go. But crazy game, Texas A&M over LSU. LSU now ranked number two after a year. So a big step up from them from losing to Texas A&M 74-72 in seven overtimes. So, hey, Congrats to them on that big win last year, but LSU is looking for this year and the college football playoffs. With that, we're moving on to fantasy. And the perfect lineup based on NFL fantasy, of course, our quarterback this week, Lamar Jackson, 36.3 points. We all know what Lamar did. We know what Lamar does. He's a high scorer almost every week. And Leonard Fournette kind of coming out of the woodwork with 36.9 points. He's actually the highest Ooh, I take that back. Second highest scorer in fantasy this week, I believe. And our number one is Chris Godwin, 37.4. Chris Godwin, one of those players. It's him or Mike Evans. He has a good week. Evans has a bad week. Evans has a good week. He has a bad week. And it's kind of back and forth, back and forth, which makes it hard for Godwin and Evans owners. I can say that from experience because I own Mike Evans on my fantasy team. And it's a toss-up every single week. Will he do good this week, but will he do bad this week? Could this be Chris Godwin's week? Is it Mike Evans' week? You just never know, and it's it's tough out there. And then uh, defense, an unexpected one. The Redskins putting up 21 points. Good to see that out of them. The Redskins haven't been too great this year, but hey, able to do it here against whoever they played, I believe. I know it wasn't the Dolphins. I can tell you that much for sure because they've already played the Dolphins. It was... The Lions. They played the Lions, which is interesting. But I believe Matthew Stafford might still be out. So that could be the reason for that one. But the Lions, ever since Matthew Stafford going out, looking on a little bit of decline. But, I mean, that's kind of one of those things when you lose your starting quarterback. And finally, as we wrap up this fantasy and this fantasy segment and this podcast, as I am, my mouth is starting to get dry because I've been talking this whole time without Lavelle. 
again, rest in peace, Lavelle. I know you're not, he's not dead. He's not dead. He's at the airport. We just miss him very much here on the podcast and in the studio. It's very sad times. We're mourning a little bit. It's okay. But my starts and sits, my starts and sits last week, not very great. Wasn't, wasn't fantastic. I will say, I will say that, but my Dak Prescott was right. So I am five and three right now in start sits. That's right. I'm keeping track now. I'm going to keep track. For Coach Mandelko, if you're listening this far into the podcast, I'm keeping track now. I have a pretty good record so far. Five and three. I'm going to go with it. So, my start this week. He's a guy. He's been doing pretty well. I had him as a start one week. Decided, eh, I'm not going to start him the next week. I'm not going to call him my start. It's pretty risky. As he took on the Raiders, but did he show out against the Raiders? Him and his whole team. But my start this week at quarterback Sam Darnold for the New York Jets. They're going up against the Bengals. Is there really much more I have to say there, though? 0-16 Bengals. But they had a good game against the Steelers last week, so it'll be interesting to see. And Andy Dalton is back now. Ryan Finley will no longer start. Andy Dalton back into that starting job as QB. Happy, Happy late birthday to you, Andy Dalton, as... He got release of his duties as a starting quarterback on his birthday. Horrible birthday gift, I will say, Bengals. Come on. That's that's just mean. That's just low. That's a low blow. But Sam Darnold going against the Bengals. Bengals defense not looking great, but, I mean, they might pick up a little bit. But Sam Darnold, I have total confidence in him. Absolute start this week. That's my start. And my sit, Deshaun Watson. Now you're thinking, Deshaun Watson, he's a pretty good player. Why would we sit him? He's pretty dynamic. He's usually hitting DeAndre Hopkins and a little bit of Will Fuller, and he usually gets a decent amount of points. Well, this week, Deshaun Watson and the Texans, they're going against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And we all thought Dak Prescott was doing pretty good this season. And then he walked off to New England, and he did not do well at all. And that's why he was my sit last week. And that's why I'm going Deshaun Watson against the Patriots, because their defense has been locked down. Stephen Gilmore has, I believe, not allowed 13 pass attempts in a row, 26, something like that. It's a it's a nice stat line for Stephen Gilmore, I will say that. Stephen Gilmore doing very well under the radar this year, and so I feel like he'll be able to walk down. It'll be him on DeAndre Hopkins. I know that for a fact. They wouldn't. I don't think they'd put anyone else on DeAndre. And so it'll be an interesting matchup this week. It'll be nice to see, but... That's my sit this week, Deshaun Watson against the Patriots. And with that, my start sits over, fantasy segment over. It's time to call the Football Unfocused podcast over. Happy Thanksgiving this week. Remember, our giveaway to win a free jersey and, that's right, there's an and, and a guest spot on the podcast one week coming up. Won't be next week, I apologize, because it won't be over yet. And it won't be that week it ends right away because... We've got a couple of guests lined up already, so you'll be right after them. But recommend this podcast to as many people as possible. Have them follow the podcast, Twitter, or Facebook. We do have a Facebook page. It is Football in Focus still. You can go like that page as well, and if you can get either the most amount of people, and you can vouch for them, and they can vouch for you, or the most famous person. Maybe even both. Maybe you get the most and the most famous. But hey, I'm looking for... Maybe Barack Obama maybe following the podcast. That'd be great. If he, you, he can vouch for you saying you recommended it to him. 
that'd be wonderful. We've already had one verified person follow us on Twitter, and I know no one, I don't think anyone, any of our listeners recommended him, but shout out to that guy. I don't, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but hey, we're moving up in the world, folks. And don't, don't feel afraid to tweet at us as well. I got in a nice conversation on Twitter with a new follower of ours earlier today talking about the Broncos, and which was a very great conversation. I hope he listens to this podcast and he knows that I'm giving him a shout out right here. And why not? Well, let's give his name a shout Josh Sherman. Shout out to you, man. I had a great conversation with him on Twitter talking about the Broncos and, and fantasy and talking about fantasy. So it's, it's great to have those kind of conversations on Twitter. I love to have those kind of conversations with people, even people I don't know. I like, I don't actually know Josh Sherman. I know he's a Broncos fan now. I know he plays fantasy and he did not win this week, but he still got hopes for the playoffs. He still has hopes, and that's all you need because I also have hopes because I won in fantasy this week against Lavelle. I feel I should mention that now. I'm just remembering that. I beat Lavelle in fantasy. He's not here to argue about it and be upset about it. I beat him. It's great. It's wonderful. I'm making my way to the playoffs. Ranked number four. Let's do this playoff thing in fantasy, folks. And with that, goodbye from all of us here. Well, I guess the one of us here at Football Unfocused.